Alright everyone, welcome comic book fans, this is Origins and Adaptations. He's Andrew, I'm Cody. He's, he's Andrew. And I'm Cody, and this is our first podcast. We want to welcome you all, comic book lovers, old and new. Um, we'll be talking a lot about comics new and old on the show, and also, we want to kind of, we want to make this show friendly to people who are looking to get into comics, not just people who are already into them. Yeah, because, yeah. So we will, we will give spoiler alerts. And we will talk about the differences between trades and issues and when we think it's appropriate to read one or the other. Yeah, definitely. So, let's break into the first section. Um, Andrew, why don't you tell us your story of how you got into comic books? I'm curious. Um, Mine really goes back to uh, actually before I even got into comic books. It's really weird. I was more into the characters, the comic book characters themselves, the superheroes, um, everything that they were, and that started when I was watching the Spider-Man TV show back in the 90s. The cartoon? It, yeah, the, very, the cartoon. And it kind of just opened this world of entertainment and amazingness to it. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, and it was just kind of awesome. From there uh, came the movies, which really plunged me into comic book like characters even more. Um, I got invested, starting liking them more, and because that movie is so awesome, the the original Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the X-Men movies, kept up to date with that. Then my oldest brother, uh, Daniel, he had a trade um, of Crisis, Infinite Crisis, and he pretty much let me read it and it got me into comics that's pretty there. heavy stuff yeah and it was beginner. yeah because it was so confusing because that thing is ridiculously huge interesting fact by the i had already just this is just kind of a little background on me i'll interrupt real quickly oh, yeah. um i never read infinite crisis because yeah. i had there was so much stuff i wanted to catch up on it yeah with my favorite characters, like mm-hmm. their own personal stories. Yeah. So by the time I got to the point, I had already heard they were about to do New 52. Oh, really? Okay. Almost. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I heard they were going to do it, so I was like, well, it, it, it kind of rendered a lot of stuff moot for me. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, go back. Infinite Crisis. Right? And so that really was my first trade um, for, for comic books, and... That kind of plunged me into the world. So the, that was DC. Um, and then from there, I started getting more interested in reading Spider-Man instead of just knowing about Spider-Man. So I started collecting trades of Spider-Man. I started collecting trades of Ultimate Spider-Man as well. And then after doing those trades, I decided maybe about four or five years ago that I should you know, start actually getting comic books for myself. So then I started my own... Um, comic book collection, getting into that. Pretty much started when New 52 um, was introduced. And for those who don't know what New 52 is, uh, DC retconned a lot of their stuff and rebooted um, their a lot of their series, pretty much their all their series, and called it New 52. There's 52 titles, uh, and it was a huge ordeal. Uh, made a lot of people actually drop. DC and stop reading DC because it was just so confusing because they would reboot a couple of characters or a lot of character storylines but then keep some of the characters canon mm-hmm. so no one really knew what was canon and what wasn't canon really if you were part of the Batman family it was canon and if you were part of Green Lantern it was canon but everyone else yeah. was brand new which interferes with some characters when they meet some of the other superheroes and even though this person's canon and this person's not canon. Uh, in the past, they knew each other, and now they're not supposed to know each other. It just kind of bothers yeah. me. Yeah, so basically it says, this one character, everything he's done counts, except for any interaction he had with his other yeah, character. Which and can that sometimes, just, it just sounds funny on the face of it. Yeah, it does. And sometimes it's like an important part of that one person's character. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it was a mess. Um, so I started collecting then... And I started collecting Flash, uh, Green Lantern, and uh, Nightwing. Um, And then from there, it has evolved, and now I've got a couple of other trades. I mean, runs going. 
and so it's it's pretty cool it's pretty cool but that's really how i started getting into comics um and as you can tell my favorite comic book character is spider-man um i'm a diehard spider-man fan trying to read through all of it there's 700 issues i'm currently caught up on the current pull um and then i am uh yeah heavily invested into spider-man all right. What about well, you, Cody? What about you? For me, it all comes back to Batman. Batman, Batman, Batman. Um, my grandfather was the person who introduced me to comics. Um, he was a really cool guy, and he was really into arts of all kinds. He just liked colorful things, and comic books, I think, were just one of many facets of his life that he, he enjoyed mm-hmm. color and, you know, not only the written word, but just visual arts. Uh, my grandpa actually was a counselor at Scapoose High School in Oregon, and he introduced to me uh, some Superman comic books that he brought home from his comic book club that he had started at that school. And I was like, oh, these are really cool. Because mm-hmm. I had already seen certain movies. Like, I had seen the Superman movie from 1978 when I was a little kid, yeah. and like I'm still gung-ho over that movie, as ridiculous as parts of it are. I just... Mm-hmm. I, you turn it on now, and there's still something about it that looks good, even though it looks old. Yeah. Um, and then, same for the Batman 1989 movie with Michael Keaton. Yeah. Um, so to this day, I guess, even though I will accept anyone who does a good job on screen, Batman will always be Michael Keaton for me, and Superman's always going to be Christopher Reeve, even if we've seen other adaptations in cartoons or... Uh, comics and other media where it's more accurate. Yeah, those guys are always in my head as as being those two characters. Yeah. But um, for me, it's Batman. I've got a Batman tattoo on my left uh, shoulder. Um, when I was away at school, a couple guys in my dorm actually referred to me as Batman, <laughs> and and I was flattered. But at the same time, I'm like, no one's nearly cool enough to, <laughs> to deserve that nickname. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't. Like mm-hmm. myself, or that I wasn't trying to be self-deprecating. Like mm-hmm. I don't deserve. No one deserves. No one deserves to be Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyways, so I love Batman. And um, as a kid, my grandpa got me into um, the watching the X Men cartoon because he mm-hmm. he had heard that, uh, kids like that show. And yeah. So I watched that, which got me into Power Rangers, the Green Rangers, one of my all-time favorite superheroes. And I actually I wish there was a Power Rangers comic book. Series. That'd be so cool. Done. I want. It, I, w- I wish it was done well. Like, yeah. Make it visceral. And, yeah. And, 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 glorious and and epic um but that kind of leads me to this generation's superheroes and that's yeah. that's actually what got me into reading comic books as a kid yeah. i watched the cartoons i brought home the comics from the shop because i wanted to look at the covers and sketch i wanted, yeah. to, I wanted to draw yeah. and i liked the the voice actors from the cartoons and, yeah so and good so good we, we grew up in a great era for cartoons man Batman the Animated Series and X-Men Spider-Man Spider-Man was a great yeah. cartoon Gargoyles Gargoyles all that good stuff yeah but um so for me for right now it was uh Heath Ledger's Joker and Christian Bale's Batman when they sit when, when they uh auditioned for those parts when they got the roles they said they went back and they read some of the comics to try and take extract a little bit of those characters yeah. out of them yeah and I was like, well, if they're doing that, if these guys are like really dedicated uh, actors, they're very dedicated to their craft. Yeah. And I was like, well, I bet comic books are a little bit more sophisticated than I ever thought they were. Because when I was a kid, I enjoyed them, but I never thought of them as being sophisticated. Yeah. And comic books, there, there is, there are both sides. There's, there's wh- both whimsy and some sophistication in mm-hmm. in certain titles and certain runs. And I read. Arkham Asylum and The Killing Joke first because those are the ones I had heard actors had read to nail those roles. Tim Burton even said The Killing Joke was the first comic book run he ever loved. Yeah. And he's, he, he, what's funny, he said, this is how I want my movie to look. And of course, we look at Batman 89 now and like, it looks nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's not Batman, but okay. But it may, is Batman. But may, I guess some of, the, some of the noir and vintage yeah. style was pulled from it. And I, yeah. I love that about both that and the animated series. And that I think that was always what pulled me to the comics that I read was just I like style and mm-hmm. so many movies seem to lack style even comic movies that I like I feel yeah. like I feel like compared to the comics they lack style yeah. so I went and I read all the comics um, of that era for me it was Green Lantern Rebirth and Secret Origin it was Flash mm-hmm. Rebirth 
uh, Batman and Robin Reborn when Bruce Wayne was no yeah. longer Batman and yeah. it was Dick Grayson. Uh, it was those were a lot of the earliest things that I read outside of just the classic trades. Yeah, and to and just to clarify for you new fans or newcomers, uh, a trade is a slang term we use to describe hardcover or paperback books that are collections of runs. Yeah, of single issues, um, and they're so helpful. Like. If you're trying Very to get in, yeah, if you're trying to get into a character, it can be really frustrating just waiting for an issue to come out mm-hmm. or to buy them. Yeah. When, when Andrew was reading my action comics, he was telling me that it was kind of a pain in the butt to actually yeah take them out, take of, them the out of the plastic and then put them back in the plastic. And the pages of issues are so thin. It's just all like ah, trying to turn <laughs> them because you don't want to rip anything. Whereas trade paper is just it's so much thicker mm-hmm. where it's easier to just flip through yes you have to be careful not to rip anything yeah. but it's so much easier just to to go through um and one thing that i love about trades is there's no ads and ads are so annoying just because they can sometimes just you're in the moment you're reading a page and you go to read the next page and there's an ad there it's just Ugh. I've had many times where I'm like, ah, get out yeah, of the way, get it, out of the way. It's like that one day you were complaining about the lack of substance in that uh, flash trade, yeah, flash, flash issue, yeah, issue yeah. yeah. Where I was reading Star Wars as well, and the Star Wars had like six or seven ads, which is still a lot in my opinion. But the Flash had like eleven and twelve. Yeah, just, there were so many more ads, and I get it that the comics for Marvel are three ninety nine versus two ninety nine for DC. Mm-hmm. It's a but that's only a dollar. Why does a dollar difference mean more ads mm-hmm. for me to to me to read? And that's a nice thing about the trade is you can just go and not read that. Um, but you did mention um, earlier to me that the nice thing about issues if there's a cliffhanger you get that cliffhanger that feeling mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I can definitely see where you're you're coming from. Where people the, are so some issues. of the latest Flash episodes, I won't spoil anyone. Yeah. But some of the latest uh, CW Flash TV episodes have had some cliffhangers, and some of our some of our friends were like, "Oh, oh why do they have to end it that way?" And yeah. It's like it's like, dude, you could not read comics. Yeah, oh, because no, that's all it is, and you have to wait a month. Yeah, whereas this is only a week. We're, and you get a 40 minute episode whereas it's with a the comics episode. you get like a 15 pages yeah 15 pages and it's just like <laughs> I have to wait a whole month so he, so here's also one extra thing and if you're someone who cares about the way things appeal like the aesthetic quality or yeah. you know the way a book looks cosmetically speaking I do feel being able to put these trays on your shelf looks nice it makes mm-hmm. people almost take them more seriously oh yeah definitely if you put up a trade collection people are like Oh, that's... It's like a book collection. Yeah, it's like, that's pretty neat. Whereas if you put a a issue comic book collection, you just look like a white... Yeah. Like, a white strip. And it's just like, that's cool. Yeah, it's... it's, You spend a lot of money on comics. (laughs) Yeah, but I I think the whole graphic novel uh, medium in general and the whole idea of trades has made it a little bit more palatable for Mm -hmm. for newcomers and for for people who didn't grow up with comic books or didn't grow up in, you know... The kingdom of geek. Yes. But anyways, uh, so for me, where I'm at right now with comic books is I've been enjoying the Amory Wars and I, uh, what else have I been reading? The the Star Wars and Darth Vader runs. Those are some things that I really like a lot. And there's a lot of things that I really dig about comic books right now and some things where I feel like, oh, they had that, they had that more right back in the day. Oh, yeah. But, uh. That's, that's all personal preference, and we have, you know, a lot of time, so I think we should talk about uh, comic book news. News, the Daily Bugle. We could talk your ear Bugle. off about comic book history. Oh, yeah. I, have, I have way too many and opinions. And we're going to. Yes. Uh, but not today. We have way too many opinions for our own good. <laughs> but let's talk about current news, yeah. and I personally am going to try and keep this as objective and, you know, non-opinionated I should say non-opinion oriented as possible. I can't make that same promise. (laughs) I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So anyways, I think the first thing we should talk about, um, well, I I can't say that for sure, for a fact, but I think we we should start with Wonder Woman. I think we should start with Wonder Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gal Gadot has had some 
criticism, to put it lightly, <laughs> um, in the internet or over the internet for being the wrong body type for Wonder Woman, and many people find that sexist. Many people find that it's just unnecessary, and many people think that these people are just taking themselves too seriously, taking the taking the character too seriously. Where we read her interview, and yeah. she's taking the character very seriously. Very seriously. Your thoughts? Uh, I'm on that boat. Same. Of these people need to close their mouths and sit down and or get their fingers chopped off so they can't type anything. Um, because <laughs> this is something that has always bothered me about um, choosing someone for the adaptation of a character um, onto big screen, mm-hmm. onto onto film or onto TV show. It's when they go, that person doesn't have the same body type. That person's not the same skin color. It's like. I watched the Thor movies, and Heimdall is probably my favorite character in the Thor movies. And Heimdall in the comic book is a white, pasty, like, Nordic Viking dude. Mm-hmm. And Idris Alba is definitely not that, mm-hmm. but he just brought that character to the screen. A character who in the comics is just not present, like... In front, he's always in the back. He's always secondary. Yeah, you really don't think of Heimdall when you think of Thor. No, but because of the movies and because of how Idris Elba portrayed the character, I actually think of Heimdall when I think of the the he, movies. He was a very daunting, yeah. uh, a, a very daunting. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to describe him besides that one word. <laughs> he, he's, he's very. Big. He makes yeah. that character larger than life without yeah. even having to say much. Yeah. He, and he did a good job, so who, who really cares yeah. about what anyone thinks? Yeah, and just the interview with Gal Gadot is like, she has so much maturity about what's going on, and she even said that when going into acting, people always asked her what her dream role was, and she just, she never had an answer. But when she read the script to be Wonder Woman and got the part to be Wonder Woman and was able to dive into who Wonder Woman is she now has an answer and her answer is Wonder Woman that she gets to be this character who in comics is like a huge voice for women in comics Mm -hmm. like Wonder Woman is probably the biggest um, female uh, protagonist in comics and and she's not taken lightly she's not someone who mm -hmm. um, is in the background she's not someone who gets slapped around I mean Wonder Woman can go toe to toe with a lot of people with a lot of people and so she's she's very very excited and um and very humbled to be able to play this character and after reading this interview it just made me excited for her to play mm-hmm. this character that i'm now excited for wonder woman to be in the movie i'm excited for wonder woman to have her own solo movie yeah it just it makes me it brought a character to life after reading her interview which rarely has ever done for me where this actor's excitement to play such a character uh, makes me excited to see them in the movie. Yeah, she said she wanted to play a powerful yeah. woman and not the damsel in distress, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. That's mm. that's a good thing, and mm-hmm. Wonder Woman's a really strong character, and probably, I mean, besides Batman and Superman, she has to be the biggest name in DC history. Yes, yeah, the I mean, they call it the Trinity, yeah. which is... Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. They the Green Lantern, the, the Green Lantern, and Flash have just gotten so big in recent years. Yeah. People forgot that it didn't used to be that way. No. In fact, at one point, Shazam was more popular than any of them. Yeah. Who was? Pe- yeah. People forget about that because things yeah. have changed from decade to decade. Yes. But uh, in keeping with the DC uh, vein, the Suicide Squad. Movie. It's been announced that Harley Quinn's origin story is going to stay true to her origin story in Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with that. A lot of us grew up with that cartoon as kids, and I can't help but read her voice as that voice actor's yeah. voice. I, 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 I can't I, I can't help but read that read those lines and hear her uh, yeah. voice in my head because yeah. it's so ingrained into yeah, what that character I mean, it, is. It may important. be it may be annoying to some people, yeah. but it is what it is. It's that's that's who she is. Yeah, I think that fits the character uh, where she's she's this person who you think is going to be annoying. She doesn't apply anything. She like she doesn't matter because of her just how she acts. Mm-hmm. But Harley Quinn uses that um, to 
deceive people and to uh, to pretty much be a strong character in that way. She's not stupid and she no. likes coming off as though she is. She's actually yeah. clever and witty. Well, I mean, she's a psychiatrist, so I mean, she's she has a degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though there's some origins of how she got that degree, um, uh, she's she's pretty intelligent. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm excited that they're taking from the original source because that's where she was implemented into the Batman universe was in the original animated series. Yeah, and it's interesting because nowadays we, her character is so implicit that we forget that she at one point wasn't even a Batman character. She was introduced in the animated series. Yeah, I know. Like the the, the character makes so much sense now that they just belong mm-hmm. in the Batman yeah. universe. Why would you ever have not have that character? It's actually funny because now when I think of like an adaptation of Joker. I always go. I wonder if they're going to introduce Harley Quinn, uh-huh. just because it's like she. Ha- for me, she has to be there mm-hmm. with with Joker there. Yeah, like you're always wondering: is, are they yeah. ever going to do Harley? And, yeah, like, and they haven't really done it yet. So this is. I mean, this is exciting news. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really, really excited. Is. And here's the deal, folks. Our goal on this podcast is not to pretend that everything our favorite writers, directors. Um, screencasters do is the best thing in the world. We're not trying yeah. to praise everything, but these are some exciting things. Yeah. And or or even characters. Like, yeah. I mean, it might come up because I'm so opinionated on it. Um about like certain characters that just I love so dearly and I don't enjoy what they did with him. And so I mean I will I will Who's definitely that? voice Oh, you saying there are certain characters? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there will be characters, and I will definitely voice my opinion. I won't praise it because I enjoyed the character so much that I can't be like, oh, there's nothing bad this uh, character has ever been in. Yeah. Or, uh, I will definitely... Oh, I see what now. you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I'm the world's biggest... I will say it on, in, in front of this mic. I am the world's biggest Batman fan you'll ever know. And I, feel I like was. You did, but... did, I, did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I said it verbatim. Okay. Well, <laughs> let the world know. But anyways, yeah. Um, there have been some bad Batman movies. Okay. And I'm not gonna pretend that a movie was great just because. Mm-hmm. I even have some nostalgia for some of these movies. Yeah. Like Batman Forever, for instance. Yeah. A lot of people want to pretend that it was an amazing movie. And even though I still enjoy watching it to this day because there are specific things I enjoy about it, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like a Batman comic book at no. all. No. At all. There, there's a sense of wonder to it that I think some of the newer ones don't have because it does feel a little bit more fantasy-ish, but it's, it's still not a Batman movie in the implicit idea that Batman is this Dark Knight detective. Yeah. They're not paying attention to that. Yeah. Which is a, a key role, mm-hmm. key thing. Um, in keeping with uh, with that and someone carrying out their role, we have Peter Parker announced as being the Spider-Man. Yeah, so they kind of revealed um, in a nonchalant kind of way, which is weird, that Peter Parker is going to be the Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and to most of you who don't really pay attention to Spider-Man, that probably seems like a no-brainer to make Peter Parker. Uh, But the comic community right now has been in question who they were going to use, and it was between Peter Parker or Miles Morales. And for those who don't know who Miles Morales is, is he's a half African-American, half Hispanic um, kid in the Ultimate Universe. And after Peter dies in the Ultimate Universe, Miles becomes the Spider-Man. And so he's actually currently... The ultimate Spider-Man. He's he's the uh, the everybody, every neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so also for newcomers, ultimate is a certain run. We don't yes. mean he's the best Spider-Man. No, 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 no. Six it's one, a different universe. Six one six is the primary yeah. Marvel Marvel run. Unos, Unos, and that yeah. is still Peter Parker. Yeah, that's still Peter Parker. He's still there. Um, so it was kind of nonchalant. The guys like. Yeah, so we want to keep Peter Parker's character uh, and keep him on the screen. We want to we want to make him Peter Parker, mm-hmm. and so I mean it was just kind of a quiet relief for some fans. Other fans are upset. They're saying they wanted Miles Morales yeah. film adaptation, but 
For me, it's you cannot have Miles Morales without having Peter Parker because there's so much of Miles' character that is built off of the death of Spider-Man. Yeah, it would be too difficult to just throw all that on screen in, yeah. in one f- film. And the thing is, they're not even planning on introducing Spider-Man in his own solo movie with, with this next thing, as far as I know. They're incorporating him into a crossover movie. No, there, there's going to be a solo movie. That's not what I was told. There, The solo movie comes out that summer. I was I was told that he was going to be introduced in an Avengers-esque crossover film. He's being introduced that way, but he's going to have his own solo film after that. That's what I... That's what I meant. Oh, on uh-huh. he's yeah he's being he's being introduced in uh, Captain America three, Civil War. Right. So because he's being introduced in Civil War, you, you pe- there'd be too many people scratching their head going why? Yeah. And it wouldn't be one of those clever ooh that's exciting for a yeah. lot of people it'd be what yeah, that's not Spider Man yeah, <laughs> yeah it'd be they'd be confused and it yeah. wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a good thing to leave people hanging. With. No, definitely not. So I mean I'm happy. That and Peter Parker is my favorite character of all time, and I have my reasons, and no one can beat him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I'm just I'm excited, and there's there's another uh, announcement that Jennifer Lawrence made that she isn't going to be playing Mystique after uh, Apocalypse. After Apocalypse, she is done being Mystique, and so it's kind of interesting because I have my take. And it doesn't bother me at all because I was never a fan of their version of Mystique. So it, it won't bother me that she's not on screen anymore. Mm-hmm. I like Jennifer Lawrence. That's not saying anything about her as an actress. But I didn't like their, their take on Mystique. To me, it was too... She was too nice and too uh, soft. Whereas you this... Think? whereas mystique in the comics was someone who would like who threw her baby aside because its skin color was blue and it would reveal who she was yeah it would reveal who she was so she thought of herself before thinking of anyone else and this the movies did not show that at all they they showed it as a she cared for others and she she cared for people who weren't really that close to her in a way that maybe she wouldn't have in the in her character and this is the thing about me versus adaptations of of comic books is I don't care what the overall story is as long as you get close to the origin of the character and you have to keep the character's personality the same they could be a green eyed monster and I wouldn't care as long as you got them the character the like the personality and everything down. Mm-hmm. That's all I really care about in the movies um, or in video games or anything like that. And that's just something that I... That is my criticism of the the new Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the new X-Men movies. And that's not saying anything against them as movies. I really enjoyed them as movies. But every time certain characters got on screen, it just made me want to stab myself. Two decades later since Batman and Robin, and we haven't really seen a screen-accurate Dick Grayson. Oh my gosh. You're, you're telling I won't, me? I won't, I won't go into detail on that. Um, but anyways, <laughs> my take on the Mystique thing is I enjoyed the movies. I, I actually enjoyed her performance from an emotive standpoint. Uh, Fossbender, McAvoy, all those guys, that whole crew did a fantastic job. There's minor things you could pick on about it, but I liked it a lot as a movie. Mm-hmm. I have no real emotional attachment to the character Mystique, which is why it didn't bug me badly. Yeah. But I'm also not sad to see her go off. No. Either I, it, it does it, it doesn't bother me that she was dropped mm-hmm. or that she's that she's dropping that role. Um, I mean, she's a very talented actress who has a lot more room for other roles and. It, to me, it's it's just okay. That's cool. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's that's, that's how I am. Yeah. Uh, and there's so, so many characters in the X Men universe that we having, don't need to have her yeah. to be one of the main characters in yeah. four films. Especially since she's part of the Brotherhood. She's not even an X like she's in the comics, but she's not an X Men. No, and that is that's something that's like she's she's a side character. 
Mm-hmm. So like, get the get the X Men in, get the X Men. I mean, while we're focusing on that, I, like I said, there were other things to pick on about Days of Future Past and yeah. the first, well, not first class, but just the X Men movies in general. Now, here's the deal from a from a business standpoint, from a franchise business oriented standpoint, I understand. Yeah, it makes sense. Making yes, and making Wolverine a primary character. Yeah. But the thing is, people forget this. Because Wolverine ended up getting his own title and became <laughs> the biggest X Men ever. Yeah. But, but newsflash: <laughs> Wolverine was not a primary X Men. No, not at all. Like actually, he didn't come in till like way later. He didn't come in till way later, and he was always kind of the breakout character. Yeah. He was like. He w- he was for the X Men what the Green Ranger was for the Power Rangers. That's a good example. And even Jason David Frank said, you know, he said, he said, you know, I'm proud to say the Green Ranger is the or the um, Green Ranger is the Wolverine of the Power Rangers. Yeah, I mean, he's not the central character. He was and the later he was, on, he was he the becomes... good bad. He was the good bad boy. Yeah, he was not the leader. He was just the strong. He was just the toughest, yeah. the yeah. most tenacious. Yeah, which is funny because there's people who don't like Jason being the Red Ranger, and there's people who didn't like Cyclops being the leader. Yeah. So what's funny damn. is. I love both those characters. Oh, I love them. Love them both. <laughs> you know, but anyways, I mean, we are going to see some some new things going on. We we are going to have some uh, younger actors playing uh, the X Men. I'm excited to see just a new Cyclops on screen. Yeah, he may be a bit young, but I mean, he'll get older, and the movies yeah. will carry on. I mean, they don't make movies often enough for it to be like a, a downside. But by, the, by yeah. the time. By the time they've made some sequels, he'll already be in his mid twenties, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. So it'll be a pr- it'll be perfect. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Anyways, more Marvel news. There's a lot of Marvel news. Marvel. Marvel's kind of. Co- I mean, Marvel's tearing it up right now. Um, I'm really excited for the Deadpool movie. I am too. Ryan Reynolds. You go on. You you, have, you, you have the, <laughs> talk about the the pose you saw. Oh my gosh! So they released an image. Um, Ryan Reynolds released an image just saying this is going to. He's like this is. The costume for the movie and it's spot on, but the pose he's in is the uh, "paint me like one of your French ladies" pose that <laughs> they uh, they do in the movie Titanic, um, and so it's a uh, it's very iconic, but it fits the character so well because Deadpool is just such a silly character mm-hmm. that it's it'll definitely work. And one thing that most people probably wouldn't notice just looking at the picture is his eyes. He has white eyes, and that's very, very important for Deadpool because Deadpool, even though he's the merc with the mouth, his emotion, you don't see his face ever, um, except for when he takes it off to look hideous because he has uh, tumors all over his face. Yeah. Um, and so the, with the motion in his eyes are what makes the character because that's the only way that you can see emotion. Either he's happy or he's sad. You'll see that through his eyes. And you see in the picture that he's kind of like winking, um, yep, uh, with one of the eyes. And so I'm hoping that they like stick with that, that they're able to do a little CGI. It is over a, the, it is a sweet eye. costume. It is an awesome costume. And neither one of us are are even really like the biggest Deadpool fans. No, but I do like the character, and yeah. it's nice that they're trying to do the character justice. Yeah. For any of you who have seen the anim- the uh, CGI animated short film, it's pretty cool. If you're 17 or older, you can watch it. Yes, yeah. We'll make that decision. Yeah, it's definitely something that you should only watch if you're of age to see rated R films. Yeah. But uh, Ryan Reynolds, gonna do it better than he did Green Lantern, for oh, sure. And probably better than he did Deadpool and Wolverine Origins. Yeah, it's gonna... I, I think it's... Well, he, actually, here's the thing, is that whatever happened in Origins, like, I mean, I don't know if I'm saying that didn't happen now, yeah. but what... This movie is basically is an origin story. It's yeah, the story. It's the story of Wade Wilson, and we know. We, I mean, at least a lot of us know what happened to him in his origin story. But yeah. it's, it's going to be his traditional origin story and him trying to um, get revenge on yeah. the guy who did what what, what he did to yeah. him. So that's going to be pretty cool. It's it's if, if you re, if you go to newsarama dot uh, com. You can read what he had to say about, or what what not what he had to say, but what the what the uh, 
studio had to say about it. The synopsis is very straightforward. It's just yeah. it's a nice origin story. It's going to be a good shoot 'em up funny film. Um, I'm excited for it. So, yeah. moving on. So we are going to do a thing uh, every week called uh, Trade of the Week, which is Cody and I are going to pick out a trade that we would like everyone to read. Uh, we're also calling it the Trade Book Club, mm-hmm. which is where we'll talk about specific things about the trade, and that way you guys can talk about it too. Um, and we're also going to do an issue of the week, and that one is going to be um, uh, just a single issue that comes out that week. Uh, that we're going to choose and that we've read and we're going to just discuss the little minor minor things about it and what we liked about it. Um, so I'm thinking we start with the trade because the thing about this is it's going to be a spoiler spot. So if you don't mm-hmm. want any of these things to be spoiled for you, this is probably the time for you where you want to stop. Yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man Blue, the trade, um, and then the Darth Vader number three comic. If you don't care if those get spoiled for you because you just want to know about them, or if you don't ever plan on reading them ever, uh, keep listening because we're going to go pretty in-depth. But I want to hear this guy's, this man's take on Spider-Man Blue. Spider-Man Blue. Um, I read this comic for the first time only hours ago. I read it when I woke up this morning with my coffee. Mm -hmm. And right away I knew I was in for a treat because you have a glorious cover. Yep. And two of my favorites in the business, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, who did Batman, uh, well, Loeb did Batman Hush, and he also did uh, Dark Victory and Long or uh, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, it wasn't the title. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, Long I, Halloween, Dark Victory. Yeah, but for some reason, I have I have an intro. Anyways, <laughs> but anyways, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale did yeah. uh, those stories together, and it's nice to see them again. Um, in this, for some reason, I just hadn't heard of it, but the artwork is beautiful, and the story is as well. And I'm going to tell you right now what I thought about it. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be more the story of how Gwen Stacy was killed, much like yeah. Him. I thought it was going to be maybe a more accurate telling of what happened in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah, and I was actually happier that it didn't go into that story. It yeah. was him meeting Gwen, mm-hmm. then meeting Mary Jane, whom he didn't fall in love with first, just yeah. so everyone knows, and everything up through him falling in love with Gwen Stacy. The yeah. moment he falls in love yeah. with Gwen. Um, and at the end, it's revealed that the narrations throughout the book are actually Peter recording his voice in his memoirs. Yeah, like a love like love letter to Gwen it's, Stacy. It's like a love letter and at the end he turns around and notices Mary Jane has been listening for hours. Mm-hmm. And you think that Mary Jane would be jealous, you know, yeah, crazy Mary Jane that she can be and, you know, melodramatic and she calmly says, "Tell Gwen I said hi to." Yeah. And cuz she knew that Gwen meant a lot to all of them as friends. Yeah. Because the story goes into their whole college group of friends. Mm-hmm. It takes place yeah. when they were all... Yeah, you age. have Harry Osborne, you have Flash Thompson. And, I mean, the great thing I love about this trade is it just shows how much that uh, how much of a character that Mary Jane is mm-hmm. that you might not see um, with the single issues of just the, the run with how the authors have written Mary Jane because... Mary Jane in the comics is a very, like, I want to go to parties. I want to be young forever. Very kinda. shallow. Yeah, very shallow. A very shallow character, and everyone kind of just got annoyed with her. Um, until, until about the time that she realized that she just loved Peter Parker and supported him no matter what. And this is why um, One More Day, which is when uh, they break up, is... Just one of the worst moments of Amazing Spider-Man history, mm-hmm. um, because it was forced and it, it was done with the stupidest reasons, and it just it bugged everyone. A lot of people dropped Amazing Spider-Man. Um, it it lost a ton of sales, and it's actually coming. There's been rumors. People are hinting at that they might actually be getting back together, um, which is huge because they haven't been together for the past like 200 issues. 
which is a lot. Yeah, it's a long time. And so, like, retconning their marriage is probably one of the worst Amazing Spider-Man decisions. Probably even worse than the Clone Saga, which is one of the most depressing um, runs of Spider-Man and story arc. So, I'm, I really like this because it just showed Mary Jane more as, more as a, uh, a loving character and a supporting character instead of this trashy... Yeah. Um, this trashy party girl. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoyed it. it I was a little gave... worried where they were going to take it because they do give her some of those Mary Jane lines like, face it, tiger, you just hit the jackpot. Oh yeah, well that's a classic... That's like... it, it is a classic line, but you know, you're still worried. Are they going to take her into this territory where she's just going to wench out on yeah. when? Yeah. And that never happens. Uh, yeah, I not, mean... Not fully. Yeah, full, not fully. I mean, there are times where like where they're both fighting over who can give him like hot soup when he was sick kind of yeah, yeah. And so it's like yes, but it's very was. very nuanced mm-hmm. it's very nuanced my he, here's the deal in a nutshell the story is great because yeah. you have so much emotive pull with someone reflecting on losing a character that, or not a character <laughs> a person on, on losing a person that meant a lot to yeah. them and then at the same time this is something we haven't said yet there is so much action in spider-man going at it with, a, with another villain. Oh, yeah, I mean... And two guys and yeah. kites kicking... Kicking butt. Kicking, kicking butt, yeah, and it uh-huh. just, it's awesome. Which is like, you, you'd you probably think by what we're explaining that the whole thing is just a love story and there's nothing happening. But no, there's like, there he's fights some of his iconic villains in this. and it's, So many and it's, of them. And it's spot on. Like, the fights are just amazing. The, the artwork is just wonderful. Um... And it's the most complete, essential comic book that I've actually read in a while. Yeah, if you want to get into Amazing Spider-Man and you want to know what Amazing Spider-Man is, read Spider-Man Blue. It's really good. Like that. I'm not. I'm not further. I'm not uh, the biggest Spider-Man guy. I've never disliked the character, but this actually, this book made me want to get into Spider-Man. Yeah, it's he's good. Unfortunately, Spider-Man right now isn't the greatest, like, the run, <laughs> so you might be disappointed with, like, this, how complete this is, and you get into the Spider-Man, like, series now, and you go, this isn't what I read. Um, but that's not what Spider-Man used to be. Spider-Man used to be really, really well done, um, and there's nothing against Dan Slott, who is writing it right now. Um, he just can't complete his sentences like and that's not saying like he doesn't have complete sentences in the in the, the richness yeah. of the world in this book is amazing. Yeah. And so he just he has an idea and he goes through with the idea and he just fails at the ending like the 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 go. He's like and execute and he doesn't execute it well. Okay. And he he builds up a wonderful story and just fails on the other um on the down part. So if you want to read Spider-Man, if you want to know anything about Spider-Man, read Spider-Man Blue. It's a complete tale um, from beginning to end. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It can make you cry. Yeah. It's really good. Now let's go on to um, our issue of ish- the week. Issue pick of the week. Yeah. Which is... Darth Vader issue Darth 3. Darth Vader issue 3, which, if you don't know uh, anything about the series right now, they're doing three series right now and it's Star Wars which is the main title, Darth Vader which and is Princess Leia. and Princess Leia which we haven't read at all um, which is another side it's like it's going to be a short story arc, it's just going to be a yeah, short yeah and to be honest I was never too thrilled with how the art looked Yeah, they are. That's Whoever, what puts whoever, it whoever's on. doing it clearly knows what they're doing and has yeah. a unique style it's just, it's just, it just doesn't fit us you know yeah when, you, when there's a certain flair you go for yeah Getting back, Spider-Man Blue, Tim Sale is such a visceral mm-hmm. artist. Yeah. Everything he does pops off the page. Yeah. And when you see artwork that's just kind of, oh, this is underwhelming, this doesn't make the characters feel... Yeah. I get they're trying to go know. after the, the more female crowd. I mean, it looks it looks cutesy. It does look cuter. And yeah. It's, it's very cutesy. It has this, like... I don't want to say teen girl look to it, but kind of <laughs> does. Kind of does. It's like it's something you would, you would. 
I don't want to say expect because I don't want to put gender roles on anything. Mm-hmm. But I can definitely see that since it's Princess Leia, they wanted something that would um, be more interesting to the female side. Yeah. Um, and they definitely hit it out of the park with that. It's just, it's something we're not interesting, interested in. However, the main Star Wars line is wonderful. And Darth and, Vader is wonderful. Darth Vader is wonderful. And this issue, like you're, we were talking about earlier, and it doesn't have a ton of action like the first two did. Right. Um, but it puts so much character into it. Yeah, Kieran Gillen, the writer for Darth Vader, uh, I've been noticing he's fantastic with dialogue. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's things they've said in issues one, two, and three that we sort of maybe had an idea about Vader's and the Emperor's relationship, yeah. but we never heard them say these things yeah, to one definitely. another. And it sort of paints Vader a bit differently. We, Not that we want Vader over-humanized. We still mm-hmm. want Vader to be... The dark and mysterious, a tough and, dude and very and very yeah. mysterious, but but Vader gets knocked off his high horse a little bit by the Emperor. Oh you, yeah, and definitely. You, and you see that in yeah. this, and there's a lot of new things this book has to offer. A new character, yeah. Uh, this character named Afra, she's uh, very scoundrel looking ish. Oh yeah, definitely. She kind of actually to me looks like uh, a female Dash Render who happens to be uh, looks like they give her uh, are an Asian look. People are comparing it to Indiana Jones. Really? Yeah. Well, she's an architect. An architect? Yeah. Well, Indiana Jones is an archaeologist. Archaeologist, that's what I mean. Architect is building... Yeah, I'm thinking of two different things. I just just had to make sure that we were on the same page. Yeah, archaeologist, that's what I meant. But anyways, with with, with this Darth Vader issue... um, I guess I didn't cut to the chase quick enough. With, With this Darth Vader issue, it's Vader kind of... Trying to find... In the last issue, he was trying to build some relationships with some bounty hunters. Yeah. You see him talking to Boba Fett and this Mm -hmm. Wookiee bounty hunter. Yeah. Who I believe is the bounty hunter who Chewbacca is imitating in the Shadows of the Empire story that Dark Horse did a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, um, this character, yes, she builds weapons Mm -hmm. and she... Well, she repairs. She repairs and builds. She repairs robots and weapons. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she can build them too. Which actually, uh, if you guys ever played the old series, which I don't think you did, which was Knights of the Old Republic, which was a video game, um, they actually, the uh, the robots that are in here actually remind me of um, one of the robots in the series who was an assassin. Mm. And he was an evil robot, and it reminds me of the, uh, the uh, R4 unit. Yeah. That they have in here, and so it's it's pretty interesting. Um, and then they're very much trying to establish the whole C three PO and R two look, but uh, yeah, they give the droids more menacing. They give uh, us a an astromic droid or a droid that appears to be astromic. It's actually not. Yeah. It's an assassin. It's droid. an assassin droid, and it looks more like the droid at the beginning of Episode Four that blows up. The motivator <laughs> blows up. Yeah, Uncle Owen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um. We have that, and then we have a protocol droid. Yeah. And I can't remember the name of this droid, but he is very, very similar to C-3PO in terms of style. And there's just a lot of great line delivery from Vader. Um, there's a great moment where she keeps calling him Sir Vader, and, and he says, Lord <laughs> Vader. Yeah. And you can almost read it in James Earl Jones' oh, yeah. voice. It just was like... Oh, I always do. <laughs> so, like, I mean, that's one thing we didn't really talk about with... Uh, the voices, with especially with like the Batman animated series, is I read everything in Kevin Conroy's voice whenever I read Batman now. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine was surprised um, that I because I, I, I said uh, or I showed them one of the superpower beatdowns mm-hmm. where it's Batman versus Darth Vader. Yeah, cool video. Um, I showed my friend that video and I said I love the guy's voice who plays Batman and she's like really I'm like that's how he's supposed to sound. Yeah, and she goes. Oh, I didn't know Batman was supposed to sound a certain way. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah I think a, it's because of there's a I lot, think it's because of the animated series. It's yeah why we think that. But I mean, they got spot on. Yeah, there's something about Kevin Conroy's voice that just makes the girl swoon. But... What is that voice? <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyways, this third issue is not as to me. It's not as action packed or as 
fully exciting as the first two. But it sets up characters, which is very important in comic books. Yeah, it's always interesting to see a new character you haven't seen in a franchise either. And it's interesting to see what's going to happen from here on. Yeah, because anyone who wants to read Darth Vader Star Wars, you might want to read the regular title as well. Yeah, they're definitely they all they all intertwine. Yeah, in a very big way, I can tell. Yeah, it's very Marvel of it. So here, here's the premise of it. Vader knows he can't just be in coots with the Emperor. He needs to have kind of his own little side thing yeah. going on too, because the Emperor doesn't fully have faith in him. Yeah, and Vader just doesn't trust the Emperor. Um, like a Sith should. Like we were talking about um, before we came on the podcast, we were talking about, or you mentioned that you believe the Emperor believes in the prophecy oh, yeah. very much, and I think so too. Yeah, and that he knows that Anakin was the one to bring balance to the Force, and so if he's able to utilize him and bring him to the dark side, maybe he can crush the prophecy mm-hmm. um, and to make sure it doesn't happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> Spoiler me. alert. Yeah. He failed. spoiler alert the emperor dies dies gets thrown into a pit of electricity (laughs) a big reactor or whatever that thing was well anyways all this has been origins and adaptations and uh also we decided to call the show origins and adaptations because so much of what we talk about on this show is going to be history history and where comic books and movies based on comic books are going yeah and why we thought it was fitting and we don't want to limit ourselves, so with adaptations, we're able to pull in video games, we're able to pull in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Most of the TV the, shows. The Daily Bugle, which is what we're calling our news section that you guys heard. It's mostly going to be filmed. It's mostly going to be filmed. I mean, TV. these guys are knocking out so much. Right now, both DC and Marvel have so much on their plate. A lot of what we read was Marvel, but I mean, one thing that we actually left out was. Uh, the new bat suit, holy crap! It's, it's that looks, beautiful. It looks so cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, there's so much good stuff right now. But this has been Origins and Adaptations, and friends, we hope you all enjoyed it. So long. See you later.